Coach Rye from Functional Flex, Team FFLEX, I'm here and I'm ready to kick some ass with Taylor Steppen. You guys, Taylor was just on the podcast a few episodes back as we were taking her through her very first ever bikini contest prep. Okay, we were telling you the stuff we were going to do, putting in our own philosophy, saying we're going to do this the right way, the healthy way. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to lay it out. We're going to tell you what's going on. And guess what? She just competed this past weekend at the NPAA Canada classic and she won her class and she moved up into another class the open class and placed second so she's taken home two pieces of hardware at her first ever contest prep and we did zero of the traditional garbage the traditional bro science the traditional bullshit overall it was a great contest you guys great show NPAA put on a great uh, well well organized competition I've been to many many shows and I haven't seen many that were that well put together from every Everything backstage, all of it was great. And uh, I was there with another competitor, Renee, and she fucking killed it. She crushed it, destroyed the stage, just like Taylor did. Luckily, I was also able to have two of my other team athletes come out and support. Lynette was there. She drove all the way from Kelowna, fucking six-hour, seven, eight-hour journey just to be there to help me support the team. And Amanda, uh, of course, the Canada posing coach, she was there, and it was fucking fantastic. I'm so thankful that my fit fan was able to come together and I was able to hang out with everybody and it literally felt like I was spending time just with my family and actually it was the first time we ever met each other so that's a really fucking cool thing you guys this podcast there's so many things you're going to learn here today so please do me a favor when you hear one of them share this out and we're going to help people we're going to change the world because the only way that we get to do that is by getting this information to other people we can't change the traditional bullshit if we don't share this podcast do me a favor coach rye kicking it off i can't lose i'ma pass through if i have to teach them all like a classroom huh if i want it then i get it work hard don't regret it yeah i said it huh head down i'm focused you notice they notice show this i'm blowing keep going showing i'm growing flowing and coasting i'm moaning work hard play hard let the party start can't lose okay so we got taylor stepping back on the podcast if you guys listen to this one a few episodes back she was just doing her very first prep and uh, I'm coaching her for it. She's also a team coach. She's a team athlete. She's a team whatever, everything. And we were getting ready for her first competition. Well, she actually ended up winning that competition. And now what we're going to do is kind of go through it for you guys on the whole process, where she was, how it went through, how we coached it, did everything there. Because I'm going to tell you guys again. I said this before. I say this every Every day, basically, now. But Taylor once told me when I first met her, she would absolutely never compete. And it took me actually months, months <laughs> to convince Taylor to actually go for it and compete. Because basically, you guys, the idea is it's just not sustainable. It's not something that can be done. And there's a lot of people that think that you can't do it a healthy way. And so, Taylor, why did you finally decide to compete? Aside from the fact that I nagged the shit out of you for months and months, what made you want to do this journey because obviously it was not just me that influenced that (laughs) no it did take you a while to convince me because yeah like you said I always told myself you know I'm never going to compete just the things that you saw you know on social media and the things that you heard about you know people you know risking their health and ruining their metabolic profiles I just I was not here for it I said how am I going to sit here and you know uh, preach fitness and health but then go through something that's going to harm my body and you know that's really unhealthy so basically the reason why I decided to compete was because obviously you you know we have the same vision of doing a prep that is maintainable and sustainable and that fits into your lifestyle so that is basically why I decided to compete because I want our vision to get out there and to end the negative stigma that is around competing and just to let people know that it is attainable, you can do it in a healthy way and yeah, we're just, we're going to change the world. That's right. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. And, you know, tell everybody, in case they didn't hear the first episode, just a little bit like your background, right? You're a trainer, all this kind of stuff. What kind of stuff were you doing before that kind of, you know, didn't make you think prep was something that could be sustainable, something could be healthy, right? Your background a little bit. Yeah, so I am a personal trainer. I'm now coaching with Ryan under Team Flex as well. 
And, you know, I just, I have a lot of friends that have competed. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they did hours and hours of cardio. And, you know, I'm used to training, you know, I'm used to doing things like that. But, you know, hours of cardio and just some of the training that they were doing, it just seemed totally unattainable until I went on my prep. And then I realized, you know what, like, this is what I've been doing this whole time. So it's definitely something that can be done. Absolutely. And so let's talk a little bit more about just your prep, you know. So in the first episode, we kind of went through what we were doing at the time, what we had done leading up to that. But just kind of overview, quick recap on the whole kind of prep experience. What about timeline were we running on this thing? We did a couple different phases. Maybe you can chat a little bit about that. Yeah, so my prep was a total of 18 weeks. So for the first 12 weeks, that was my gaining phase. So, you know, my calories were up. Uh, I was lifting pretty heavy. Basically, we were just trying to gain some muscle. And then in the last six weeks, that was my leaning phase. So that's when my calories were dropped slightly. And then I was doing more supersets and a little bit of hit cardio every now and then. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's kind of what we dug into. And, you know, in the um, traditional sense of doing contest prep, a lot of people will not give themselves enough time. And this is why we see a lot of extremes that come about in the competition space and a lot of people doing two hours of cardio with two hours of weight training and then trying to take a bunch of fat burners and performance-enhancing drugs bullshit trying to get ready for a show they're not ready for. Because typically people are going to do 12 weeks, they might do 8 weeks even to try to rush a show. But if you're a natural level competitor, anybody listening to this, okay, if you're not going to go take the juice, which I fucking hope not, no matter who you are, but especially if you're a bikini girl, you should not be taking that shit. And if you're not, you can't get ready for stuff and having never trained, never prepared, doing your first comp or even doing many comps, you're not gonna do that in eight weeks, in 12 weeks in a sense. Um, the competitors I train that compete routinely and they do well, they're training basically all year for the kind of quote unquote contest prep. I mean, it's more of a lifestyle is what you have to adapt. And if you do your very first rodeo, you know, you're just getting into the first time, make sure that you allow yourself at least, I'd say, six. 16 weeks or so to get ready for a contest, okay? Don't do the eight week, don't do the 12 week. Otherwise, you're gonna be kind of into a spot where you don't have enough time. You have to have time to build the right proportions, build the right muscle. You gotta have time to chisel it down, lean it out. And you wanna do both of these things at a sustainable pace to make sure that after the competition, there is no side effects. There's not gonna be a rebound of rapid weight gain. Your hormones aren't gonna be jacked. Your metabolism's not gonna be jacked. You're gonna be able to actually transition right on from your comp and move back into your normal life. Like, Taylor, you just competed like, fuck it, what day is it? Four, four days ago, right? And like, you're not yeah. dead. Most girls that do shows right now in your spot, like a week after the show, they're still like in bed trying to figure out if they're alive or if they're auditioning for fucking Walking Dead. Because basically, <laughs> that's the type of stuff they put themselves through to get ready. So I think it's super important people know you got to give yourself enough time. It's always better to have extra time than to not have enough. Okay. And so, yes. um, Another thing about contest prep in general, you want to be sustainable. And so the way that you go about your nutrition, I think that that needs to be sustainable too. And so we kind of went into the more flexible dieting and the macro tracking, right, Taylor? So you could kind of bring some of that up because I think that a lot of people forego a lot of the foods they want to eat and a lot of the things they want to do. And like, I've heard of girls getting rid of all their friends and shit for like 12 weeks or whatever because they can't go out because they can't eat and all this crazy shit. So talk a little bit about your nutrition. Yeah, so what we did is we did flexible dieting and macros. So basically what I could fit into my macros, I could eat. So, you know, I went basically my entire prep eating Nutella eating Halo yes. Top, Oreos, you know what I mean? And yeah. obviously it's in moderation. I mean, I wasn't having a bunch every single day, but it just goes to show that you don't have to sacrifice, you know, the foods that you enjoy. Like you can have that balance where you can go out to dinner with your friends or out to social events and, you know, you can just plan your other meals around the meal that you're going to have then. And I think that that's really, really important because you don't feel restricted and then you don't feel like you have to go and binge. So, you know, just little things here and there that I had in moderation that really didn't make it feel like a prep. 
So right. that's why I really enjoy your lifestyle approach is that you can work it into your lifestyle and you don't have to sacrifice your friends or your family. Yeah, that's the thing. And it's super important. I mean, if uh, in my mind, if you're not in this for the long haul, you're not in this to like get a lifestyle and be sustainable and be healthy, you shouldn't even compete. So anybody that's listening to this shit right now, if that's you, just get the fuck on out. But the point <laughs> is... <laughs> like, what could somebody expect as a beginner, okay? Because you came into this right away, right? Never competing, never thought you would. Like, we always talk about that you literally told me time and time again you would never do it for many, many reasons. But the point is, you were a beginner. So, like, what should the average beginner coming into this be? Somebody who's maybe working out now, but they never really wanted to compete, but now they just they saw you won your comp or something crazy, and they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to be like Taylor. Or, you know, somebody just wants to get in here and go compete what kind of stuff can they expect as far as training and maybe as far as actual nutrition and meals and stuff like that right so obviously you know before you do a prep or do a competition you need to know that that is a commitment you are committing to that you should expect to be working out uh, four to five times a week and you know they're gonna be tough there's gonna be times and you don't want to go but you just need to remember you have committed to this so that's huge it is a commitment and you know you need to be working out between four to five times a week yep. as far as um, nutrition goes you need to be planning you need to meal prep that is a huge huge thing if you want to stay on track and you need to be planning your meals so something that I like to do is that I use my fitness pal to track my nutrition. So at the beginning of each week, what I would do is I would plan out the entire week of eating. That way I just have to go and follow and just eat what I had planned out. It starts to get really complicated when you just try to do each meal and calculate each meal as you go along. So. Uh, yeah, just be prepared to be very organized. I would definitely recommend meal prepping, planning your meals, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, good. So, I mean, you know, those things that you just said, the fact you got to be committed, that's super important. People don't get that. They think that, uh, you know, you can just kind of do a prep and you can just kind of wing it but it's not the case a lot of people want to self-coach and things like that and it's, I just disagree on every level that you cannot go into something like this and actually just kind of wing it or self-coach yourself even because you're gonna get in your head from time to time and you're gonna be off course and you're gonna be wanting to shift things up and you know like everybody's gonna have those days where they don't feel like they're on track or they you know don't want to work out they don't want to eat this meal do whatever but I think it's always so important to have somebody there in the back, you know, to keep them on track. So definitely good points to bring up right there. Um, as far as like your workouts went, did you do all your workouts at home or where were they? At the gym, a little bit of both, what were we doing there? Yeah, so what I did is I did most of my workouts at the gym. Mm -hmm. But then there were also workouts that I could do at home. So that was nice just to have, you know, a little break from always going to the gym. But for the most part, it was at the gym. Just because, you know, I, the weight progression, I could push a lot of more weight around. And then right. also, you know, sometimes you're not as accountable when you're working out at home. It's mm -hmm. easy to get distracted or, you know, just yeah. not really work out as hard. So... I personally like the accountability of going to the gym. It just gets me up, and then once I'm there, I know, okay, I gotta get my shit together and actually do this. Yes, yeah, absolutely, and I mean, that's the thing. You gotta have the right environment. A lot of people don't get that. It's not to say you can't do a prep at home. You can't do a prep at the gym. Like, you can do a prep anywhere. Really what it takes is the right programming and the right coaching to make sure that you can move in the right direction either way. But, like, you could totally do a prep at home with a pair of dumbbells or even just your body weight to some degree. But for some people, you know, it's much better to go to the gym. And for you, like, you combine both, right? I know you were doing some of your yes. plyo workouts and stuff like that at home. I saw that shit on Instagram and I laughed every time but you know <laughs> that's the thing plan. like you got to have the blend you got to figure out what works best for you and you got to make sure that it comes down to getting the right plan for you and that's where the kind of custom approaches that we do comes into place right we were kind of planning everything based around your schedule your lifestyle your gym and that's the way it needs to be and so 
that was uh, super beneficial and obviously very effective for you. That's kind of, you know, the overview of your whole prep was that we just basically look at your goal, we got to figure out where you're at, and then we got to tweak everything down to get you where you need to go. And that's what anyone who's listening to this needs to look for. If you're looking for a coach, you're looking for a trainer, do not try to wing a prep on your own, especially not your first one. And I mean, Taylor, you're a trainer yourself, so maybe you could say like, what did you, what was the experience having me be your coach? Have you as a trainer, right? And then you hired a coach, me, Coach Rye, to take you through your prep. Like, would you say that you could have done this on your own in just kind of a, a winged it sense? Oh, absolutely not. I do not recommend anyone to coach themselves for a competition. Right, I mean, right. You know, you can get in your head so many times, and that's when you need, yeah. and that's when I needed you to just give my head a shake and just be like, you know what, you're you're fine, you're on the right track. I mean, I think it was what two weeks out that I had yeah, yeah. a little mini meltdown, a little, little yeah, a little hiccup, <laughs> a little Taylor style. Yeah, so about two weeks out, guys, I kind of started freaking out. That's when you realize, you know, that it's coming. I'm actually doing this, so right. you know. I was messaging Ryan at the time and I was like, oh no, like I need to get lean. I need to get more lean. I need to do this. And he was so good about it. He was just like, you know what? You're on the right track. And basically if I was coaching myself, I probably would have changed up everything. I probably would have changed up my training. I probably would have changed up my nutrition and my body probably just would have went what the heck are you doing yeah. so I think it's really important for you to have someone you know another set of eyes on you and just another set of words to just be like you know what you're okay you're gonna get there everything's okay right and yeah that was like right it's so two weeks before show that's because you know one of the reasons you're coming right up on peak week the dreaded yes. peak week <laughs> that everybody is so afraid of you know the time where Apparently fucking unicorns are gonna fly out your ass because all this magical shit's gonna happen in peak week Doesn't actually happen though So let's talk a little bit about your peak week leading into this comp because obviously we do things a little bit different I mean the stuff I had you do and the stuff that we did you probably never had done or heard of any other competitors doing You know to get ready for a competition. So let's talk a little bit about that. Oh, I'm so excited to share my peak week with you guys. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the traditional peak week is basically hell. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I didn't want to compete is because right. literally all these athletes just complain about peak week and, you know, say how horrible it is. But mine was nothing like that. Mine, it literally, it was a breeze. It was, it was like nothing changed. I just went right into my competition which is how it should be right so there was no you know extreme carb water sodium manipulation no supplements drugs or steroids you know no diuretics there was no uh shooting soy sauce um eating ketchup oh yeah, or, yeah. you know salt and vinegar chips there was nothing like that i wasn't measuring my water by the teaspoon oh so. yeah that crazy shit yeah that was yeah, some of the people, i hadn't even heard that stuff that was oh, great people yeah people actually yeah people do that so there was none of that basically i mean the only thing that changed was that um i just stayed away from foods that could cause potential bloating so you know beans obviously uh vegetables like broccoli asparagus uh potatoes yep. uh sugar alcohols just things that would cause potential bloating. So basically, I just kind of stuck with the foods that I had been eating. And right. Yeah. Right, and that's important for everybody here. Like, literally in peak week, 99.9% .9 of the time, every time I send a competitor my peak week plan, they fucking freak out because <laughs> they hear all the shit, right? All the shit you normally hear, which is, hey, you got to deplete all your water. You got to do diuretics. You got to drop your carbs in. You got to load your carbs. You got to do all this cardio. You got to do two-a-day sessions of weight training. You got to deplete the muscles. Then you got to refill them. Then you got to do all this crazy bullshit. That's the traditional version, okay? And the reason that exists, I'm 100% convinced at this point in my career that that exists because people have zero fucking idea how to coach and they want to justify you paying a ton of money to them for all this crazy shit. If they convince you that like, oh, peak weed is so complicated, you have to do this, 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 and you know nothing about it, but guess who does? 
then you're going to pay over any amount of money at that point in time. And it's not uncommon that coaches will tack on extra fees in peak week or in the final week of prep and all this bullshit to justify all the garbage that they're going to tell you. But the truth of the matter is, right, and this is how we prove this, Taylor, me and you, we're going into yep. this comp, that the truth is there's nothing that can be done in this seven days. Anybody who's ever worked out in their fucking life, it doesn't matter if you compete, you don't, you go, you want to lose weight, you want to build muscle, whatever it is, nothing happens in seven days. Seven days is just of seven fucking days. And so peak week is the same way. It's another seven days. Like, it's not even crazy when you think about it that way. You're like, oh, shit, that makes sense. That, oh, nothing's going to happen there. And But so many people forget that. Peak week. Honestly, the thing you have to do in peak week is get your head right. That's the most important piece. And, you know, one of the things that we had you do was meditation and stuff like that, visualization and trying to get your head in the game to get ready for the stage, right? That's yes. actually the most important piece. And, you know, the bloat foods and stuff like that, that's just preventative measure. And it's not even restricting you from any foods per se. It's just taking specific ones out of your diet that could cause you some, you know, bloating and things like that. But, like, we didn't restrict shit. You were drinking normal water. You had your normal yes. amount of sodium. You had all of your normal foods. Like, you were chilling. And that's what I always say. Like, peak week should be the easiest week of your prep because there is so much to get done in that time frame. That's when you got to get the tans. You got to get the makeup scheduled. You got to get your mentally prepared to go step on stage and do all your shit that you've been preparing for for all this time. It should be the easiest time of prep. And, I mean, most of the time when we look at competitors, they're literally turning into zombies as they go into this week. And you talk to them at shows, and they're like, eyeballs are made of glass. They, you're like, is there even any humans in here? Because yes. they're so gone. And I know that you probably saw some of those yourself this weekend and all that. But, you know, the point is, if anybody tells you, anyone listening to this podcast, you got a coach or something like that that tells you all this peak week garbage, I'm going to tell you right now that you should just fire that motherfucker. You should just fire them. And if you don't want to, send them over to me and I'll fire them for you. Because that shit is bullshit and it's unhealthy. It's unsustainable. It's not even just the fact that it's like all bro science. It's actually dangerous. It can kill you. People die. People have had health issues that last a lifetime from doing stuff that happens in peak week. And so I think it's super important that there is no bro science and it dies off. And guess what? Taylor won her comp, everybody. So you don't need the shit to win the fucking competition. Ooh, okay, I ranted out. Um, so moving into your competition day, right? We, we went through the whole uh, peak week. We got a kind of prep overview. Competition day. So let's talk a little bit about how your day went. Uh, I was there, you know, for most of it. Actually, I was there for all of it. But how, did, how was the day? How was the day in general for you? Oh, it was, you know what? It's a very long day. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Right. We were there for what? I think it was 14, 14 hours about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Easy. Yeah. So, not counting Denny's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not counting. So, yeah, basically, so... Um, Leading up to that, so just like the night before, right. the day before, we went to registration, check-in. That's where they go over the itinerary, what to expect. You get your mm -hmm. number. And then what we did is we just did some last-minute posing with the team. I was lucky enough to have Ryan actually fly in to come to my competition. And then I also had two other team athletes that traveled to come and support and watch us and then I also got to share the stage with another team member Renee so I mean that was just a dream that was so cool to have us all meet for the first time for yep. this competition and just to support each other so that was really really awesome um and then after we did some posing um I just came home finished packing got all my meals together Got all my, you know, sewing kit together, my bikini bite, yeah. everything that I needed. And then after that, I went for my second spray tan. So before the competition even started, before that day, I was already, you know, preparing. I already had both of my spray tans on, you know, checked into the hotel, did all of that. So that basically, that to me is kind of like competition day because it just carries on from there. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so then, yeah, the day of competition, I was up at probably 
Well, I was up all night, to be honest. Oh, yeah? Were you? <laughs> I was, yeah. It's just, it's so funny because I, well, I brought my own dark sheets, so it's like making sure that, you know, the sheets aren't folding up and you're not getting the bed dirty and right. you're making sure you're on your back and, you know, your spray tan's not getting any wrinkles anywhere or wiping off anywhere, so... Um, then the next morning I was up, yeah, probably about 6 a.m. to get my hair done, my makeup done, because we wanted to be at the venue at least an hour and a half before my stage time. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we got to the venue. Um, I was actually able to watch a couple of shows beforehand with you guys. So that was really cool. I do recommend going early and maybe just watching just to see how things are ran, how the show goes, that sort of thing. So then it was time to go backstage. I mean, literally you guys, the whole day, it's so long, but it's just such a blur. Like you're always doing something. You're always either watching or you're backstage prepping or, you know, waiting for your next show. So by the time I got backstage, um, I was putting on my heels, practicing my posing, getting my bikini bite on, any last minute touch-ups with my hair and makeup, and then it was pumping up, you know, getting pushed to backstage or everyone else is pumping up, and then they line you up, and then basically it's, you know, it's showtime. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, an important thing that you said, I think, throughout that kind of whole thing was... Uh, you kind of had two different coaches here, basically, right? Because Amanda was helping you with some of your posing, yes. get you, getting you ready to go. And um, I was there, of course. I didn't really do shit, though, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just there for support. <laughs> but, you know, the whole point is, is uh, the day before comp, we were able to go pose and do some stuff together with the team and, you know, run through some stuff. I think that's super important that anybody listening needs to know is, like, you should do some practice pre-hand if you have the privilege of having your coach go to your show, which you should. Um, yes. Then... <laughs> then you should be able to meet up with them and do some last-minute stuff, ease your mind, and go into it. Because anything that you're going to second-guess is going to be 10 x on comp day. Okay, so if the day before comp you're like, oh, man, I'm a little bit worried about my back pose or my side pose or this or that, bring that to comp day, that shit's 100 times worse, okay? So what you got to do is make sure that you go into your competition day totally set. And, uh, you know, like... As we were hanging out backstage, you know, we're doing all this stuff, and um, again, basically, I'm just chilling, but like Amanda was helping you get your pose down, getting yourself ready. You had backstage helpers, which, you know, is cool that you were able to have that at this kind of competition, and I'm sure that that helped you as a first-time competitor feel a little bit better. Uh, is that the case to some degree? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. and shout out to Amanda. <laughs> right. And you, obviously. You already know. Oh, no, that, don't, don't say know, it to I me. I appreciate I'm on, you coming. I'm on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, that was huge for me, just having the support backstage. Because, you know, if you don't have someone back there with you, it can be intimidating and yeah. know, it can be nerve wracking. And, you know, I mean, this was my first competition, so I already didn't know really what to expect. But, you know, Amanda took me through it. She's like, Kate, this is what we're going to do. This is what's going to happen. So she, you know, really prepared me to what was going to happen backstage and leading up basically until I went on stage. So, yeah, it was such a huge and really important factor for me to have your guys' support backstage. And I think that that is super important, like to have the team environment and to understand that this team is actually worldwide. We're all scattered about, but somehow we come together. I mean, Lynette came from uh, Kelowna, which is like, she's going to laugh the way I said if she listens to this, but that that's from like, uh, you know, six, seven, eight hours away. She drove down just to support and just to help out and do what she could to be there. Like, that's super awesome. Amanda's there uh, for Renee and you both to help you guys get ready. We were backstage able to do that to get the show going, get all that going. And, you know, it was just crazy to think that I came from Vegas to come up to Canada to be there to support. And, you know, the team just comes together and it's like we all know each other already. Like, first time most of us have met together ever. I met Lynette uh, a few weeks ago. But other than that, like, it was the first time we'd ever been together as a team. And it was like we were already fucking fit fam. And that's the goal all the time. I mean, you and Renee just totally fucking killed the comp. It was a great time. And I'm super glad I was able to be there. 
So tell me about uh, backstage, okay? Like the part of backstage that we were not allowed to go. Again, we're back there. You and Renee are getting ready. You were in different classes, so Renee's going up uh, at a different time than you. You went first. And me and Amanda, we can't go backstage with you into the actual waiting wing before you come out. So tell us a little bit about what happens back there in that kind of secret backstage competitor-only passage. Right, so about 20 minutes before you actually go on stage, you will be put, you know, right backstage, so right beside the stage where you're not allowed to have anyone back there besides you and whoever is in your class. So you'll be back there, there's some things that you can do to pump up, but basically at that point, you're just, you know, doing a little bit of posing, pumping up, and then they're going to line you up, and then basically it's go time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, okay. How was the stage experience, right? How was leading up all these weeks, 18 weeks of prep, all the time before that where you said you'd never compete and now here you are in your bikini all done up, ready to step on stage. What's going through your mind? Oh, I wish you guys could see me right now. I like, I'm just smiling ear to ear. For me personally, I just remember coming off stage and thinking, That was so much fun. Like, so you walk out, I really don't think you even have the time to really be nervous because you're backstage, they line you up, and then it's like, holy shit, I'm walking on stage. Right. So then you get out there and they, you know, they line you up and then you do your own little individual walk, you know, show the judges your uniqueness and, you know, catch their eye and stuff. And then that's when they do comparisons after that. But... I mean, for me, it was so much fun. I remember coming off and my heart just beating so fast and I was just so ready to do it again. I couldn't wait. It was crazy. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember I saw you, you came out into the audience after and I was like, Taylor, how was it? And you're like, it was so fun. And you were just like (laughs) so stoked on it and it was awesome. Because uh, you got to go again, and so I mean that's kind of the thing. It was a it was a good experience for you for sure, and you enjoyed it, and you were psyched up to get out there again. And that's how it should be for everybody. I mean yes. everybody should feel that way when they get to the stage because no matter what, no matter how you place or do any of that, you know, you have set a goal and now you're achieving it, right? Like it doesn't matter yeah. if you were where you want to be or not or you got the right place and whatever it was you worked your ass off to get where you needed to be on that day and so you got to enjoy the moment and I see a lot of competitors that do not do that a lot of competitors that are you know miserable throughout their whole prep and they come on stage and then they're like fuck this and then they never compete again oh, yeah. you know and yeah. that's not good and I think a lot of that had to do uh, to some degree with how this show was run too a lot of things were well put together here at this comp it was a good uh, experience overall but um, what kind of stuff happened as far as the first time you got off stage, then you're in the audience, like what, what did you do after that? Because you went back out again a little bit later, right? Yeah, so basically you'll get judged and everything, and then you have to wait for the awards. So the awards won't be until after. So mm-hmm. yeah, I got to go back out into the audience, and I got to you know watch a couple more shows, and then I got to go back for the awards. So basically, they'll just take you right back on stage with the class that you were with, and then they will give out the awards. Right, and it's basically the same procedure for anybody listening. You would want to do the same type of thing where you're going to do your pump-up, you're going to be waiting backstage, Taylor had to go wait again 20 minutes before backstage on her own, blah, 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 go. So that's kind of the trend. I mean, once you've done it once, it's easier, and, you know, you're not thinking it as much, and you're doing all that. I mean, some things that we should touch on probably are um, kind of like what we did with your water and your food throughout the day, because I know competitors are always wondering about those things. They're always like, what? What do I do? What do I do? How many pieces of candy do I eat? Blah, you know, all that crazy shit. So what kind of stuff did we do throughout your day? So basically, um, all I brought was just, you know, snacks to snack on throughout the day. So I was just grazing throughout the day just to make sure I didn't bloat or wasn't eating too much or drinking too much. A, I didn't want to drink too much because... You can only pee in so many cups, so I'll tell you that right, right. now. <laughs> so I was trying to keep, you know, my water intake as little as possible. And to also, 
um, KB My Water low because if you do win, you'll you'll have to pee to get drug tested as soon as you win, and oh, you know, yeah. it's no fun waiting for that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't you know drinking a ton a ton of water. It was just you know as needed. And then for my snacks, I just brought some rice cakes, peanut butter. Um, before I went on stage, I had some grapes and watermelon for some sugar just to you know make sure my blood sugar levels were okay we didn't want any wobbling or fainting on stage so right. yeah i mean it was yeah i didn't it's not like i couldn't have any carbs at all or anything like that it was basically what i did was i took my snacks <laughs> that yep. i had throughout the past two weeks and then i just packed those yeah exactly and that's an important thing for people to know again this competition day stuff like you're going to hear all the time, I'm sure people listening to this have heard this, where coaches are like asking you to send them pictures every hour throughout the day before stage and all this, so they can try to give you different foods to manipulate the way you're going to look. And again, that's not going to happen. Like we took the seven-day peak week shit down, and now we're going to take it down to the hour by hour on the day before your stage? No fucking way. Okay? It's bro science bullshit. Basically, what you got to do if you're in uh, your competition day, you got to eat the same foods. So you got to eat the same things your body's adapted to. The stuff that you've been eating for the past week, the past two weeks, the past month, whatever. If you're on a different plan, you like certain foods, all that, keep those same foods because your body is always seeking homeostasis. It's always looking for balance. So if we throw some random shit in there for a loop, you're going to get random results. And I know a lot of people will go, they'll do their pre-judging, and then they'll go, like, eat a bunch of fucking bullshit. They'll eat French fries and burgers and all this yes. for because they just achieved their goal or whatever. But if you got to go back out and you're going to go back out again and compete or whatever like you actually did, you ended up competing again later yes. that day, then that's going to change the game. It's an unpredictable thing. Maybe it works in your favor, but it also might not, and you can't predict it, versus doing the same types of foods. And the reason that we grazed on things throughout the day, anybody listening, grazing and basically sipping on water as needed throughout the day, is because we didn't deplete water, so there's no reason not to have water. That's important. Your muscles are made of water. They need the water. So does your body to stay alive, okay? For food, you got to have you know, energy and sustainability because you're out there posing in front of an audience. Your nerves are already going to be high up. All kinds of things are going to happen. And if you go out there and you're trying to hold a pose, you just did your pump up and all this, you're going to be all shaky and shit. You're going to look like a leaf on a tree trying to pose, which ain't going to work for placing, okay? So you got to make sure you're well-fed. You got to make sure you have enough water because you don't know how long this day is going to be. Like, we were here for 14 hours on this kind of day. And... That can vary from competition to competition. One class falls behind. One thing goes here. They do an extra intermission here or there, and now your stage time you thought you'd be on at noon is now 2.30 p.m., but you only planned your meals till 11. You see what I mean? So the point is you got to be able to snack throughout the day and just keep a nice, sustainable energy going. Same with your water. You want to keep everything just burning and moving and just keeping the body where it needs to be, which is a nice, happy, balanced spot because... Really, you want to be focusing on the other things in the competition day. So, that's important stuff. Uh, what happened after? So, wait, you ended up competing in another class, right? Did you already talk about that? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So, chat about that a bit. Yeah, so, um, the category that I was in is bikini. So um, when you're first time competing, you are a novice competitor. So you're going to be competing with people who are also novice competitors. So people who are competing for the first time. So that was my first show. So I competed in that one. I ended up winning first place in my class. And yeah. that made me eligible to go into the open category, which is competing against people who have um, competed before. Yep. Good. Yeah. That was awesome. So, I mean, that's uh, actually kind of unique to this type of show, the NPAA, because they don't actually do that at many other shows. So that was a cool experience. Oh, okay. um, how did that feel for you having to do that, having to go compete again and do all the things? It was basically the same type of stuff, right? You just did it again, went and fucking yeah. killed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? So, uh, yeah. So the first show you know, everyone else is kind of feeling the same nerves you are. It's your, it's everyone's first show. So the girls were actually really, really supportive. And yep. I had a really, really great class. So that was really good about that. And then 
when I moved into the open, obviously, you know, it's a little bit more intimidating to be competing against people who have competed before. Right. You know what I mean? But I mean, there was no cattiness at all. I actually knew a couple of the women in my category, so they were really welcoming and backstage was really, really cool. They had monitors so that you could see what was going on on the stage and the coordinator told you, Kate, this is what's going to happen. You know, it was just very thorough and they kind of let you know what was going to happen. And yeah, because it was my second time, I think it was definitely a little less intimidating in that sense, you know, getting out on the stage, but definitely, you know, a little bit more intimidating just because I was going up against, you know, girls that have more experience than I do. Yeah, and you you got second in that class, right? I did, yes. Yeah, so see, another high place, and for all you <laughs> haters out here that say it can't be done in an open category. So that's cool. I mean, taking home two trophies on your first competition ever, first prep ever, from the point where you said you would never compete to winning in uh, yes. placing in two classes. That's pretty fucking badass. So what about after competition, okay? So what we normally see, anybody listening knows this, most competitors go binge out and have crazy fucking like seven, eight, nine, ten day bingers where they're off the grid eating every bit of ice cream and pizza and fucking whatever they can find and not going to the gym, not training, you know, doing all this stuff. And basically once they've gained 30 pounds, then they're going to be like, ah, oh, shit, it's time to prep again or something like that. I mean, our style is a little different. So what about right after comp? What did we do? Literally the night after comp, uh, that same night, and then into the next week while we're here now, it's Thursday, we're like four days after. So where are we at, Taylor? Tell everybody. Well, after the competition, right after we went for a nice little meal at Denny's, it was the only place yep. that was open here in Canada. So little Denny's, yeah. yeah. Shit yep. So <laughs> So we just went and had a nice dinner. Um, I literally... I don't even think I had, oh, I think I had a couple of Oreos, but that was it, you know? I didn't yeah. feel the need to have to go binge out on a bunch What did you eat at know? Denny's? I had <laughs> Eggs Benedict, so. I was there, I can't even remember. Eggs Benny. Oh, yeah, so. I ate worse than you. See, that's how you guys know. <laughs> that's how you know that we did shit the right ways when I am eating worse food than Taylor is, and she's the one that just fucking competed, okay? So, yeah, you had eggs, Benny. Okay, that's good. And then, so the next day after comp, what happened? So the next day, actually, you messaged me, yep. and I was actually, it was so funny. I had all my meals prepped from the week before, so I just kind of started, you know, I just started back on my nutrition before the competition, which is, I think, how it should be. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I just started right back on my nutrition. I remember you you were texting me, like, all right, what now? And I was like, you know what? You even asked if I wanted a couple days, and I was like, nope, let's get right back yep. on it. So that was Monday. So then Tuesday is when, which was two days ago, is when I started back right on my program. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... That's the way it should be, right? That's what I think yes. we should be doing. So, like, if for anybody listening, what I do when I coach somebody is uh, competition will happen, but 99.9% .9 of the time, there's no crazy binges. Like, people will go out to eat, and they won't track a meal or something. And that'll be about as crazy as it gets, <laughs> because most of the time, throughout every prep that I coach, um, people are eating what they want, like Taylor did. She could eat literally what she wanted throughout the whole thing, um, you know, up until literally the last like seven, ten days where we were just picking out basically vegetables. So she still could have had some fucking Nutella or some shit, and she probably did, I think. But, you know, the point is <clears throat> they don't need a binge, and that's how it should be. If you train in a way and you nutrition yourself, if that's even the right terminology, in a way that you have to all of a sudden go binge out for like X amount of days after doing a, a competition, you're not doing something the right way. Like you should never get to the point where that becomes like, oh, it's normal that now I'm going to eat 10 family sized pizzas and do all this bullshit for like seven to 10 days and just forego my actual health and all the work that I've done for all these months leading up to it because I deserve it or I need it or whatever excuse you tell yourself. And so... That was super important that, you know, you did that. And I always offer anybody up the opportunity to take a few days off if they want. Because, you know, a lot of times leading up to this competition, a few weeks out, whatever, you got a lot to do. It's not necessarily just because of the training or the nutrition. Like, that's usually pretty set. But there's a lot of extra stuff, right? If you travel to a show 
or uh, you know, you got to get your tans, you got to get your makeup, you got to spend all this time on your feet and your heels, whatever. So sometimes people are just tired, and so I'll usually text out and be like, hey, boom, you want to take a few days off or you want to get back to work? And again, 99.9% .9 of the time, you're going to get right back to work. Um, Renee, who actually competed in the comp with you, she did the same thing. She literally texted me the next day and was like, yeah, so I thought I wanted a day or two off. Nope, I'm right back to it. I <laughs> felt like I didn't know what to do with my food. I was like, what? I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't want to eat anything crazy. And I do want to go to the gym. I want to get right back on the gains train. And so, like, that's the same for you. And if you can't do that, if you're somebody listening to this and you can't do that, you've done preps or you know people that have done preps and they can't do that, don't do those types of preps because basically that's putting your body into a spot where it literally can't function. If you can't go to the gym the day after your comp, you can't get right back to your nutrition the way it should be the day after your comp. You did things the wrong way and you're causing damage to your body. And so it's super important I think people understand that. And uh, like your reverse diet, Taylor, like we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I had your reverse diet stuff planned before you even competed. That shit was done. Like that shit was ready to go literally for the day up. And it's the same kind of style where if you want a day off on track, two days off on track, whatever, cool. But, you know, as soon as you're ready, basically, which is usually within a day or two, um, you need to be getting on a reverse diet. So talk about your reverse diet a little bit, Taylor. Yeah, so basically uh, we're just slowly going back up to probably about what I started at maybe. Yeah, well, I'll elaborate more on exactly what you're doing. But, like, how yeah. has it gone so far? Oh, Because you're, like, nice. four days in, right? <laughs> two days, yeah. three days? Yeah. Definitely loving the extra carbs. Right. I'll definitely say that. I definitely <laughs> missed out on those a little bit. But, right. I mean, yeah, we're just slightly up, uh, up some calories, up some carbs. But it's basically, you know, just kind of slowly going up from what I was before and eating the same the same things you know nothing's right. really changing that's nothing what's crazy, so great right? about it yeah, yeah have you felt crazy. like the urge to eat anything bad or like say fuck my nutrition plan and kick that shit out the door or, like have you had any of that happen which is the norm never never right. never never no yeah see that's the thing it was fairly easy probably for you to just get right back into the plan get right back rocking and rolling yeah oh for sure 100 percent yeah, and so, like, what we're doing with reverse diet, everybody, because a lot of people don't know what the reverse diet is. This is crazy. I'm going to have to make sure that this is, like, a part of the podcast everybody has to listen to. Mandatory yes. listening. Is the reverse diet, like, <laughs> a lot of competitors will literally only have coaches up until their competition. They will not have their coaches after because I don't know why, but that's their mindset is that, okay, I'm going to compete. They'll get me to the stage, and then after that, I'm on my own. And, again, here we go, uncoached which I don't ever agree with, uh, especially not in a contest prep scenario, because what you've done in an entire prep, and what we did this entire prep, Taylor, was basically we got you built in the way we needed to in the beginning, right? And then we chiseled it down. As you drop calories, though, everybody listening, pay attention. As you drop calories, though, your metabolic rate will adapt. And what that means is the lower the calories, the lower the metabolism is going to go to try to make sure that your body's going to function. It's a survival mechanism, okay? And in the world where we used to all live without cars and without fucking, you know, refrigerators and fucking Denny's and shit, we didn't have the opportunity to just eat food whenever we wanted or whatever. Like, our bodies were designed to survive and not really know when the next meal is going to be, etc. So as we're in a caloric deficit, that's actually a stressor to your body in the sense of, okay, we got to figure this out. We're going to burn some fat stores, but we don't know when the next meal is. So let's slow this shit down as much as we can. And the longer that you diet, the, the, uh, the lower your metabolic rate is going to be. And so the only way to kind of speed that up is by doing a reverse diet. And now there's a lot of people out here, a lot of bro science coaches that say reverse diets are bullshit and they don't exist and that you can go right back to your normal calories. But it, it really makes zero sense when you look at the real science. If your metabolism has slowed down, let's say, uh, I don't know, what, what calories could we use? Let's say 1,500 calories a day, right? That's your deficit. Uh, if you're at 1,500 calories a day deficit, if you go 
dramatically above those, which you will easily do in a binger, you're going to be into a high, high surplus now, which means you're going to gain weight, which means this is why we see competitors gain 15, 20, 30 pounds in the first four weeks after a comp. It's due to the fact they didn't do a reverse diet. If you reverse diet, your metabolism will slowly speed up again. And so a reverse diet in the most general sense is basically we're going to add in calories at a pace that the body can adapt to. To make sure that we speed up the metabolism, we put on as little fat as we can, but we're going to get the metabolic rate higher, which is going to give us more muscle gains and just get the calories up to a higher spot so that the next time that you need to diet, you need to compete again, you just drop them in and you're right there and ready. And if we do this the right way, which we probably fucking will, right, Taylor? We're going to go ahead and get Taylor to maintain her level of leanness that she was for this stage within a few percent of body fat for sure. And she's going to be able to grow and get bigger, get bigger muscles, get more gains, do all this stuff, get the aesthetics she wants for future competitions and all that without putting on a ton of body fat, which means when she goes to compete again, it's a hell of a lot fucking easier to compete. You don't got to go cut off all this weight, whatever, like some people do. A lot of people will gain 20, 30 pounds and need to go lose 20, 30, 40 pounds to go step on stage again, which is crazy and unsustainable. But I could literally keep going on about this forever. So the point is, <laughs> reverse diets, most important part of prep. Period. I don't care who it is. You should never get a coach that will not reverse diet you. And a lot of coaches have no idea what it is. And a lot of coaches will let you go on your own. I literally will not even coach someone if they will not stay on after a contest prep for like at least eight weeks. I mean, most people I train stay on for a year anyway. It's 365, so that doesn't matter. But I would literally, I've had people ask me, hey, will you do a 16-week prep? And I'm like, yeah, but you got to add another eight on to the end of that to make sure that we reverse diet you. Because if you don't get a reverse diet, you are damaging your metabolism, you're damaging your body, and you're damaging your ability to go compete again. So super important. That's what we're doing, Taylor, just in case you didn't know all that. <laughs> Sounds good. But I good. think you did. So what was your overall experience, kind of the whole process? I mean, we're several months down. We've been jamming this. We've been doing the prep. We've been doing all this. You did the show. You're done. Now we're four days out, uh, well, after. And uh, what was the overall experience, Taylor? Tell everybody. It was just the most positive experience ever. And I know that might sound crazy to some people, but I think competing is amazing. I mean, competing should be, you know, a celebration of all your hard work and, you know, just putting yourself out there and doing everything like that. It's just everything about it to me is just so amazing. And, you know, my prep was amazing. I, I have nothing negative to say. And it's, right. it might be so funny to people that you know that it was such a good experience to me but honestly it was I mean the fact that we were able to put our vision out there and see it actually come to life like that's amazing like there was no you know restrictions um no bro science and we still did it I mean I I've been getting messages of people saying you know like I, I appreciate how open you were about it and how you did it in a healthy way and like that is literally exactly what I wanted for this prep for myself and for everyone out there who you know followed my journey was to show everyone that you can do it in a healthy way and you should always put your health first and that competing can be a part of your life it's not your whole entire life and you know to go from prep not doing any bro science anything like that anything restrictive to actually you know winning my first competition and placing second in a super competitive amazing category was just you know it just blew me right out of the water it was completely you know unexpected for me and yeah i'm just so proud and i'm so glad that we were able to you know show our vision and see it come to life Hell yeah. Yeah, and you did great. I mean, it was awesome. It, it, literally everything um, was on point the whole time. So the question is, will you compete again, Taylor? <laughs> oh, the question. Of course. Yeah. I knew this. Of course. Taylor, I, a year ago, um, would not have said this. <laughs> no, not a chance. It's so funny. You know, I came off my first show saying, oh, I can't wait to do that again. Right. And I got I know, to do it like, again. Shit. Now you're like, and now, shit. 
yeah and now I'm just like oh I can't wait to do that again it's just it's so it's just so addicting and the feeling of you know empowerment that you get out on that stage is just it's it's awesome yeah okay and so let's move into some questions here I mean I have some random ones we we didn't talk about okay you play other sports too right so yes how did this compare doing this to other sports because what okay first what other sports you play and then how does it compare so I grew up playing basketball and volleyball and I've been playing um, recreational basketball actually during most of my prep I was playing basketball so a lot of like you know team oriented sports so this one was you know completely out of my comfort zone because it's completely individual you know you're not relying on someone else to either assist or score a basket or you know pass to you it's all on you you know you get what you put in it's not a team effort right you you have to put in the work you have to do this and you have to make sure that you know you get to where you want to be so that just you know that is also what I love about competing or just you know training is that it's all on you you get to where you want by the work that you put in yeah exactly I mean I always say that I think that anyone that competes is the greatest personal development sport period because it's all on you. Like you said, literally everything you got to go through is on you. You got to go through the battles in your head. You got to go through pushing yourself every day. I mean, even me as your coach, right? Like a lot of people say, oh yeah, Ryan helped so much. But I mean, it doesn't matter. If I give you the fucking perfect plans and you don't execute on them, game over from the start, right? You got to go out there. You got to drive the car. You got to get to the destination. You got to do the work in between. Like I can do the A to Z, but you got to do the work. It doesn't mean shit. And a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people look for shortcuts. A lot of people look for coaches that are like gurus and all this bullshit that are going to give them the secret answers. Shit doesn't exist. The work's got to be done. It's got to be Um, put in full effort and that's the only way that you're going to get the best possible result and so I know that you did that because I talked to you every fucking day so (laughs) I know that you were doing that stuff I know you were planning your meals and all that for your macros like two months out and shit crazy so I mean you were on top of it 100% I think people need to take that from this and it's definitely not like a team sport in the sense where uh you're going to have to fight yourself in a lot of ways. You can't blame anybody else. Sometimes, you know, like in basketball, somebody can fuck the ball up or whatever, and you say, oh, shit, come on, man. But not in this one. This is on you. And I say that, like, even people complain to me all the time about how bad their coaches are and whatever, and I have sympathy for that, but at the same time, I don't. Because I think that if you are following the rules from a coach that is bad, you're following the directions from a coach that is bad, and you know it, and you don't change it, Again, that is your fault, and you should make an adjustment. You should move it in a new direction, and you should do the changes you need to change to get where you need to be. So um, what else? What other kind of questions did we get, Taylor? Um, Do we get any other ones? I got to think. I think, you know what? I think we pretty well covered them all. I did have a few questions for you, though. Oh, yeah, okay. So we got all your questions covered. (laughs) Now me. Yeah. Bring it on. I'm going to try to not talk too much. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, well, what I wanted to know, and I'm sure what other people want to know, is that um, what is the hardest part of coaching someone on prep? Oh, oh, shit. The questions that have never been asked. Um, Okay. Yeah, so the hardest part of coaching someone on prep uh, is really you got to learn people. You got to learn that there's different types of people, different types of athletes, different levels, and you have to really understand them to really know how to coach them, if that makes sense. So, like, I could be like, okay, so let's make a, a funny example, but it's true. Like, if you were to skip a session in the gym, I know you on the level where I could tell you and be like, what the fuck, Taylor? Why did you skip your damn plyos today? Don't be a baby about it. Go do your fucking plyos. Like, that's perfectly acceptable for me to send that to you because you would love that and you'd laugh and then you fucking go do your plyos. But if I did that to someone else that's brand new or something like that or someone I don't know or someone with a different type of personality that's like totally against swearing and shit, which I know you're not listening to this fucking podcast, but like, if I did that shit, then I would be fired. So, you know, like that's the difference. You got to really 
learn people. You got to understand people. And this goes down to every single thing, like just the way that you interact and the way that you're going to set up their nutrition and the way that you do the training and the way that the whole prep goes. I mean, literally how often you're going to check in and do all this stuff comes down to the person on the individual level, right? And so that's um, probably one of the most complicated things in my sense of trying to figure out everybody on that deep of a level. But I also think that's why uh, in a lot of ways my coaching is so effective is because I do take the time to do that with everybody. Like I try to figure out who you are, what you're about. And I think that that's the only way to do it. A lot of coaches want to pump generic plans. They want to give you the same plan everybody else has and all that. And that's fine and fucking dandy, but it doesn't get shit done in the long term. And like I said, I coach most people literally all year, literally all year, 365, I'll be working with athletes and, you know, even people just doing fat loss, weight loss. And I think it's because of that. I think it's because I literally know people so well that I can just produce what I need to be. But the toughest part is um, figuring all that out in the beginning, you know, it takes some time every now and yeah. then. You got to get different people to open up and, you know, get to that kind of level. For sure. Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, that's why you are such a good coach and that's why, you know, us athletes that are coached by you get such good results. It's because you're so much more personal you know, yes. than some other coaches and you take the time, you know, like we, we talk every single day. Yep. Like I don't, I, you know, I know some people that don't even rarely talk to their coaches during their prep or, yeah, you know, they're, crazy. they actually make their athletes pay per text message. Like right, just yeah. these wild, wild things. So, I was just yeah. about to start doing that. You'd be so fucked if I did that. Yeah. Daily. Put it on my tab. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Invoice but, me. <laughs> seriously though. But, um, oh, and the last question that I have is mm-hmm. just any tips and tricks that you have for beginners coming in to a prep. Tips and tricks. Uh, well, it's going to be the same thing I always say. You got to have a coach. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Like, you got to have that. A lot of people want to skip that step, but you can't find any athletes on the planet that are at any level of success. They don't have a coach. And that's in every single sport. That's not just in competing or bikini or whatever, whatever, bodybuilding. It's literally in every single sport. Like Tiger Woods has a coach. Michael Jordan has a coach. Tom Brady has a coach. All of the most famous athletes you can ever think of still have coaches, even though they're considered the best in the world. And a lot of people will try to skip that step. A lot of people will try to like just buy a generic plan or follow something off Google or do it themselves. And I don't think that that ever works. I mean, I'm at the point in my career now where I've been doing this long enough that I know for a fact it doesn't work. Like, there's no way that you can actually do it. And a lot of people will learn that the hard way and struggle through it. And they're also the ones that have the worst types of experiences. And so the most important thing I think you can ever do is make sure that you align yourself with a coach that you can trust, someone that shares your same vision, someone that you know is going to back you and support you, and someone who's going to be there for you all the time. And I'm not saying anybody listening that that's only me and all this shit there's a lot of coaches out here there's a lot of people that can do good but you got to find the one that you connect with and the one that's going to get you there and that will always be there when you need it someone you can call in the middle of the fucking night at 2 a.m and they're going to answer the phone to help you get your shit together with whatever's going on like that's the type of support system you need and that's how you get to success because no matter what like in every avenue of life it doesn't even just apply to competing or sports like you need mentors you need coaches you need support systems you need groups of people that are going to be able to get you where you want to be and you can't do everything on your own and i think once people accept that and they know that then they're finally going to be able to put in the work that it takes to get where they want to go because a lot of times if you're self-coaching you're not ever going to be your your vision's going to be misdirected right so like we could talk for a second about your kind of um, panic out you had like two weeks out you were like solid the whole time uh, I went, couldn't even, I didn't even know what was happening to be honest when I was texting I was like is this Taylor freaking out I don't even know what this looks like because you hadn't done it but like most of the time it's not uncommon that people will freak out four five six seven eight nine times in a prep yeah. 
and it has nothing to do with how they're training, nothing to do with how they're doing nutrition, nothing to do with anything besides the fact that it is a brand new experience and it challenges the comfort zone, right? If it's easy for you to go to the gym and you know, okay, I do this every day, blah, 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 my goals are this, and then now you're gonna go step on stage, that's a different thing. If you haven't done it before, you're not gonna know what to expect. And even if you have done it, every show is different. And every competitor, every sport, even the people in the top of their game, in every avenue, still are gonna get in their own head. They're gonna get nervous, they're gonna make changes, they're gonna get different ideas, and if they're on their own, they will misdirect themselves over and over. Every time that you freak out, if you change the plan, you will never hit the destination. You gotta have somebody that's gonna keep you on track, take you to the end of the line, and keep you focused throughout the whole thing. Like, most of my days, I'm not even gonna lie, any of my competitors listening to this right now are gonna laugh because they're gonna be like, fuck, it's me. <laughs> I'm dealing with people freaking out on prep. I'm dealing with people that are freaking out about going up 0 0.06 of a pound on the scale if they're weight loss. I'm dealing with people that feel like they're not getting better big enough in their muscles. You guys, if you're in this type of sport, you're in the idea you want to change your body, your mind, your physique, whatever, you are always going to demand a high level of yourself. You're always going to be hard on yourself. You're always going to be critical of yourself and you're always going to cloud your vision with bullshit. So you need to make sure that you have somebody there that's going to slap you in the fucking head and say, shut up and get to work. Get your shit together. We're going to keep going. Let me worry. Like I use this quote all the time that I say, let me be your mind is what I say to people all the time because they, if they think for themselves in a lot of scenarios when they're doing a prep or they're doing a a different goal pursuit, they will make the wrong decision simply based on the fact that it's just challenging the comfort zone. So in the end, that's a long fucking ran off your question. But the most important thing I think as a new competitor is you need a coach. Yes. 100% agree with that. Hell yeah. So what else we got, Taylor? We got anything else right here? No, I think oh, that shit. we is kept that to like an hour. Nice. That's pretty fucking good. Um, okay, cool. So, Taylor, uh, what's next for you? Where can everybody find your stuff? Are you going to do a YouTube about this or anything like that? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. I do have a video coming soon that I'm actually editing right now, which is going to be all about my peak week. So, if yeah. you guys want an in-depth, that will be on my YouTube, T-Step Fitness. And you can also follow me on my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at T-Step Fitness as well, where I keep you guys updated. And then you guys can also continue to follow my journey and see what I'm up to now that my competition is over and potentially see my next prep that will be upcoming. Ooh, yeah. When is that? Did you decide yet? Should we tell everybody? I haven't decided. Okay. Okay. We'll keep them all in suspense. Um, okay. So everybody can find Taylor there. You better follow her. Otherwise, I'm going to delete you off my Facebook. Um, okay. Good. So, yeah. We got more preps coming. We got a new kind of collab program coming out too soon. So you guys should be on the eye for that. Me and Taylor got something. I'm not going to tell you any more than that. That's all you need to know. Need to know basis. Uh, yeah, so thanks for coming on again, Taylor. Thanks for, you know, helping everybody out. If people have questions about anything we talked about, we kind of hit a lot of different shit. Reach out to me, reach out to Taylor any fucking time, and we will take care of business because we don't stop. We don't sleep. We take no sleeps. We've been sleeping like four days, right? I haven't slept. I don't know if you it's have. True. Nope, we don't because we're here to serve you, to help you, to get you guys where you want to be, get your goals achieved. So thanks for coming on, Taylor. Appreciate having you here. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you all so much for your support, guys, and for following. I can't lose, I'ma pass through if I have to, teach them all like a classroom, huh? If I want it, then I get it, work hard, don't regret it, yeah, I said it, huh? Head down, I'm focused, you notice, they notice, show this, I'm blowing, keep going, showing, I'm growing, flowing, and coasting, I'm moaning, work hard, play hard, let the party start. Can't lose when I'm giving out bars, yeah, I can't lose when I'm giving out art, yeah, I can views, man, it's just the start, I will not fucking lose, what I got to my dues, never lost in the views, and I'm not quitting soon, never stop what I do, I'm the boss in the room, selling socks, make a move, till the top, come and